ahead and announce the message for this morning. Okay, so we're ready. Our first message this morning will be from Mr. Doyle Carter, and his message is entitled, Purpose of Spiritual Gifts. Mr. Doyle Carter. Let me get ready here. I already know this is on, but I'm going to make sure this is off. <laughs> That's embarrassing. That would be embarrassing if this went off during the actual speech. <laughs> now what it is is my work, I found out, actually allows me to have the phone on so if somebody texts me or something, I get the notification. So there's times it goes off. Yeah. On standby? Oh, I am, aren't I? See, that's why we're checking. There. A little southern accent there. Checking. Okay, give me just another moment to get things set up. Couldn't believe it's literally three weeks before the feast, somewhere in that general region. It's like three weeks and a couple of days. Okay. My backups. There. Let's get into the uh, topic here. The purpose for the spiritual gifts. I'll do this to Reggie anyway. I called it uh, the Reggie Syndrome. I went on and started studying spiritual gifts a couple, about a week and a half ago, and about four days into it, I had ten pages. I can't, and we don't plan to be here for hours, so that was a bad idea. So I thought about what the purpose would be, and then I thought about it, and I realized what I was trying to narrow down was the purposes of the gifts, which shortened it down. So I just... I thought it was funny to tell Reggie that that's what I call the Reggie syndrome, where you get too much information, you want to cram it all in one minute or whatever. Well, I'm going to start off with my first scripture of the day, which will be 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. He's going to have the King James up. It, what I'm going to go in is the modern English version, which is almost the same. It just reads a little easier for me. And it says, as everyone has received gifts, even so serve one another with it. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone serves, let him serve with the strength that God supplies, so that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we see Paul is encouraging, saying, first off, that everybody has a gift, whatever that may be. We also see that he says we're to serve one another. This is backed up by Paul. It's not like you use two scriptures on this area. Paul in Romans 12.6. I hope I'm not going too fast for them up there. Yeah, there we go. That's actually spoiling me, actually. I can almost read up there like Mr. Greg and him. Just read up there. Then having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, Hold it. Let's see. It's six. Is that not six? Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Wait, I had it. I split it up a little bit. Having, have, then, having, then having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them, is what it said in my version. I know when I, and I was telling uh, Reggie about this, and it almost makes me feel old. I'm heading toward the big 5-0. I'm not quite there yet, so no one starts putting the big 5-0 on me yet. But 
I remember entering the church, and I remember once the ministry didn't exactly promote everybody to be part of it in a way. You know, didn't encourage you to use the gifts. Sometimes. I'm not saying everybody. I mean, Mr. Gray, when I told that to, when I heard that from a minister in a certain organization, we'll keep nameless because it's changed and it's not the same people. I told Tom, he said, who told you that? <laughs> so when the Watch Magazine came out, he, I was one of the people who helped out with it. But some ministers at the time had the policy, I guess it's called pay and pray, I guess is what they call it, where you pay, you pay, which God, of course, expects a 10%, you know. And we do pray for each other, good move, but we have other, we can do more. Because Peter and Paul both say that we, if we all have a gift and we're all to use, them, use it. And like I said, I couldn't believe Tom's response. He said, who told you that? <laughs> he said, many hands make heavy work light. But why would we, but why do we need to, uh, what's the purpose of these gifts? Let's go into the next one I have here is 1 Corinthians 14. We'll be flipping through the Bible quite a bit. I have quite a few scriptures, but it won't take that long. In 1 Corinthians 14, 12, we see Paul wrote to the Corinthians, who apparently had many gifts from what I can read from my personal studies. He was um, telling them, if so, if, if you so, then, okay, let's start over. Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to exalt, excel. And then he even mentioned in verse 26, which I want to go into, that when they met together, it says, how is, then, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you have a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all the things be done for edification. We're together together to edify one another with our gifts. It's the edification of the church, as in the people, which we'll go into a little later on. Paul goes in that with the gifts. He has an underlining theme. One of my favorite scriptures is Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Which is Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 24, 25. It, it says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exalting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. So, the idea of the gifts is to build the church, edify the church, to strengthen it. Because it's bad enough that you can turn on our radio today and you cannot be edified. All the stuff that goes on in Tulsa alone, not to mention everywhere else. So definitely, and it also as we see in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, that we are to not forsake our assembling together. Now, there are, like I've said before, there are circumstances. I mean, if you have sickness in family, if you're physically ill, or you have something go on, that's fine. But if, you're, if you can, assemble as much as possible, and God provides the Sabbath, the upcoming Holy Days. With the Holy Days coming up, we've got the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, not one of my favorites, but has rich in meaning nevertheless. And we've got the Feast of Tabernacles coming up, as I said, three weeks from now. Plus, I know that... Lawrence does Bible studies on Tuesdays, at least here. I talked to Dale last night, and he says once in a while he'll do a Bible study on a weekday to kind of get everybody together to kind of encourage a little bit. I didn't know that, and I thought that was pretty interesting. 
fantasy. But you may say, what is my gift? Or what are, are I have in here, what is my gift? Because that would have been my next immediate question, or what are the gifts? And Paul covers that very well. It's a good thing the churches in the uh, New Testament had a lot of problems, because that's a lot of what the letters are about. It's Paul's approach to these problems, like Corinthians. I mean, that was like, anyway, I read the letter, both of them, wow. But because of that, we have a lot of his writings and a lot of good information. And Paul has an underlining theme that goes through it, too, which I thought was interesting. My first one I'd go to, is, or I'm going to, is Romans 12. And we're going to, I'll read the whole thing. Romans 12, 4 through 8. He says, for as, me, as, for as we have many members in, the body, in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, which makes sense. Can't, not all of us can preach, not all of us can clean, not all of us, you know, multiple functions. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, individual members of one another, having the gifts differing according to the grace that is in, uh, given to us, let us use them. And then he goes into them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in the proportion of our faith. If ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberty or generosity is what one version said, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You know, I'm, I understand that not all of us are going to prophesy and not all of us are going to minister in a sense, but there's some things in this list we can do, like exhortation. And in the Webster, I think, was strongly encourage someone. We can do that with each other. When we meet, and if somebody's having a problem in life, that's one talent we can definitely use. You know, Because uh, when I was unemployed for a little bit, it was very encouraging to come here and see. I didn't make it very public, but the people I told were very encouraging. I didn't ask for money. I didn't want money. I've, I've, you know, I could take care of that. But just unemployment's an when you're raising a generation that you're used to working all the time and that's what makes you a man and you don't work, it just gets, it can lower you down. So, but it was encouraging. We also in on leaders to be diligent. In other words, don't let something just slide off. Just be diligent on top of the situation. Like my boss, when something goes wrong or something needs to be done, he's diligent to tell us to get it fixed so everybody's happy and everything works. Or mercy with cheerfulness instead of saying, you know, you did this wrong, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you mercy, but you know. Where you'd be cheerful and say, hey, God's forgiven you. It's all good. You know, just don't do it again, of course. Teachers and pastors definitely have a big role in the church. Because the next place it mentions, it would, the next place he kind of mentions that is in Ephesians 4, through, chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Actually, I, I, I'm a little more liberal about the term teacher there. I can think of maybe the parents who raise their children, because God does say in Deuteronomy to teach your children. So it's possible it could go beyond just a teacher like in the classes or whatever, in my view. But in, in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, he said, Paul writes to the Ephesians, and he, him, okay, let's start over. He himself gives some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the 
edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature and the fullness of, God, of Christ. So we see a theme in itself right here that teachers, pastors, and so forth are for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's just, that's, like I said, there's a theme that just keeps on going through. That's the edifying of the body. And, okay, and then the next one I have here, which goes, and this one has a little more of the gifts, be 1 Corinthians 12. And I'm really not going to read all these, because I didn't give Brian the full scriptures, but the reference is 12, verses 4 through 11. And in that, it comes in and says some of the spiritual gifts it has listed. And I, and I cut out the reading of it only because of the sake of time. Because like I said, this topic is huge. I mean, gifts. Well, one, so the gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, the gifts of healing, prophecy, the interpretation of tongues, And that's what he lists there. And then in verse 11, which I did want to go ahead and read. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So God determines what gifts we get, as you can see. He distributes according to his will. And it's for the benefit of the church. And I define the church as us. The people, on, uh, the people who are the individuals who will be listening to this and are, who are listening, because I've already known one or two people who are listening. So, hi, Robert. And uh, it's all, it also could be used for, like, I, to me, the entire church, like in the world, you know. So, to continue. Ah, that's it, that's it. Okay, in verse 27 through 28, he reiterates it a little bit again, but there's some additional, additional things, additional uh, gifts of the Spirit. It says, now you are the body of Christ. Again, he says the theme again. And individual and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, prophets, Teachers, after that, miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administration, and variations of tongues. My focus here is, because you might think, well, I can't be a prophet, a teacher, or whatever. Helps is a very interesting word. I was talking to Reggie about it, and I already was thinking about it. Helps would be those who would be like, be like, okay, I'm going to pick on one of the kids here. I hope that uh, Mark doesn't mind. Owen. Owen, the, Owen has, is a very helpful young man. I see him after church, not all the time, and it's cool. He doesn't have to do all the time, but once in a while, like once every two or three weeks or something, he'll take all the trash out. Saves the janitor a lot of work. He appreciates it, too. The janitor appreciates it. But he just, out of the blue, for, out of his, just the thought, he does that. He's a help. He comes out and says, I'm going to do that. He's done some other little things that's helpful. And a lot of the kids are helpful here around. They'll do things. They'll help carry. 
I've seen some of the members, like when we had to move the podium. I'm not going to move the podium. My back will be hurt. Couldn't walk for a week. But I've seen a couple of the young guys lift this like it's nothing. And it's nice to see them being a help. Or like at the feast last year, many various individuals stepped up when there was a need at the feast. You know, because, I mean, it's a big project for like Dale and Wynn and those who have to, you know, be administrators of the feast there. So, so physical so helps is what I wanted to show because some of us, you know, we might say I don't have any real talents. Well, helps actually has a broad meaning. This church is blessed because we've got people who are music directors, song leaders. We've got good pastors, speakers. We've got janitors, or janitor, say it in the right way, janitor. He had to clean up the church last night before he practiced. But there's a lot of gifts there, and it, it's not just centralized as being up here all the time doing things. It could be in the back scenes. You know, Dale, we always think of Dell with the Feast of Tabernacles you know, at Branson, but he's got a lot of helpers. He's got a few, I think, I can't think of their names now, but he's got a few individuals who help him organize the speaking schedule and do activities. We all have our part in the body of Christ, whatever it may be. Which leads to another thing. What if you say, I don't, I don't know what to do? Well, maybe your gift is kind of dormant. Again, I'm picking on Reggie because I just happened to mention it more him. Poor guy, he's over there going, ah. But there was a story I told Maxine as well. This would be a, what I can define as a help. It's just a personal story. Feast of Tabernacles. Eh, might as well embarrass myself some more. I've done it. Many years ago at Wagner, Wagner Oklahoma, this is not about me, even though I was poor back then too as a college student, this individual man who was middle-aged, he was a middle-aged man. He, was, he had a bad year. He was unemployed. Apparently had unemployment problems, and I think he had other issues money-wise. He was going to go to the feast as God commanded, do or die. And he camped out in campground six or seven. Remember, I'm so old, I remember numbers. They, now they call them Sequoia and Cherokee. And I, I don't relate those things. But about halfway during the feast, his car broke down. I mean, he's already had to have help from the church to some degree. He told somebody, I forgot who, but some mechanics heard that. It got to some mechanics, like two or three or four people, something like that. They drove him home after, or drove him, home, drove him back to the campsite after, after services. They actually offered to go ahead and take care of the car, which I, it was either alternate or starter. It, this was kept kind of secret. It's kind of, so if I don't have all the details, this was supposed to be kept. They, they believed in the right hand, not knowing what the left hand knew, but it got out anyway because the guy was happy he got his car fixed. But they went out and they looked at the car, whether it was Dalton Air starter. I think they did oil change and some other things too. They offered it. He offered to pay them. He said, they said, no. God has blessed us this year and we're just going to pass it on to you. We'll buy all the alternator, the drinks, use your imagination on that one, the drinks, chips, whatever, and we'll go out and this afternoon we're going to repair your car so you can get around. So they were able to use their gift that moment of working on cars, which I could not do in my life anyway, they are able to do that, use their gift at that moment, and bless someone who is determined to obey God and be at the feast. And I thought that was a real touching story. Again, I don't know the individuals, I don't know which deacon got the information, but that was definitely a good thing to hear. So, and, and, and that would be like 20 some odd years ago when that would have happened. So when I thought I said, I'm not gonna give age. Now, there's some cautions. 
I have warnings here, but I'll call it cautions. Some cautions about the gifts. First, it's going to be two. There's probably more, but two is the one I, one, the ones that really seem to be, that really hit. One, we need to be humble in our service to God. We don't need to be lofty and think we're just, you know, I'm up here speaking, I'm better than you. We need to be humble. We need to go by Christ's example. And in, in Philippi, if, Philippi 2, 5 through 7, Philippians. God, I couldn't get that out. I did that today without the coffee. Now why am I doing it now? But in Philippians 2, 5 through 7, Paul writes to them and says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, or Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. He took the form of a servant. And you note, and I'm not going to go into all his deeds because there's like four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but you note several times he told the people he healed, don't tell anyone. You know, go out, just you know, do your thing. He was a very humble servant. He didn't expect self-grandeur. He didn't want... He was humble. And that's the way, by his example, we need to be the same. You know, it's one thing people find out, but we don't need to be in our heart just proud and like, hey, yeah, you know, like the guys. I don't know who those guys were at the feast, the mechanics. They just did it secretly, and it was told, keep it low-key, which didn't stay too low-key because somebody knew they repaired the car. But the other warning I have here is... The other warning I have here is not to neglect our gifts. Because life can wrap us up and get us busy, or we may, you know, things can, we may not know our gift. That's one thing I do encourage, wasn't on here, but I want to encourage is to look for your gift as best you can and see what you can do. You know, volunteer where you know you can work, where it's appropriate. But not to neglect our gift. For the mercy of everybody, I'm not going to read the entire parable of the, ten, of the talents. I'm just going to summarize it. So in Matthew 25 through 14 through 29, we see Jesus uses a parable of the talents. He talks about a man who goes off to a far country. But he decides for some servants, he's going to give some talents to them. Okay? One gets five. Another gets two. Another one gets one. And according to verse 15, he further qualifies that by saying, to each according to his ability. So, you know, we're not expected to go beyond what we can't do. You know, if, like someday I'll physically get too old to do some things, and that's just life. But, but God understands that. Just do what you can with what you can and your, the ability that God gives you. So he goes off to the far country according to this. Well, the, the, one, the one guy with five talents, as you already know, when goes out, trades, what it says, he makes ten talents. Okay, he doubled. Great. He did a good job. Be a great investor. The one with two gets four. You know, he doubles it. The, the individual who got one, in this version it doesn't say he was afraid, but he, for whatever reason, he buried his talent. He just went, eh, 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 I'm not going to lose this for my Lord. I'm going to put it in the ground. Well, the Lord comes back, you know, his Lord comes back and goes, ah, okay, how, do y'all, how did it all go? And one says, well, well, you're five, I got ten. Is that okay? And he says, ah, awesome, you did great. 
As he says here in verse 21, well, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. And the same expressions used for the guy with the two talents. Now, when it came to the guy with the one talent, he came back with the talent. Uh, the Lord, what, the, the, that guy's Lord wasn't very happy. He, said, he actually said, you wicked and lazy servant. And even makes a comment in verse 20, 27. So, ought... You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers that when I come, that it will come with usury or interest. So we are not really to neglect what we have. I mean, if, even if we don't have a lot of if our gift, we, you know, our, we don't feel like we have much talent or gifts, we are to at least do something. You know, we're not to neglect it. Because in Luke 16.10, it says, he who is faithful in which is least is faithful also in much. I have a tendency to want to say, who is faithful in less is faithful much. So, it's like Owen. He, can, he doesn't do much now, but if he's faithful to what he can do now, just pick on Owen for a minute, he's on the room, might as well. It's a compliment. He could be very faithful in much when he's given more responsibility. And, and that's true with anyone else for that matter, in anyone else that matter. But God has a bigger picture. So, we, so far we've seen our talents are to edify the church, help it grow, help it do its thing. You know, we have all multiple talents, where it's music, helps, speaking, whatever it is. But God has a bigger picture in mind, which is what the Holy Days mean. Start teaching us in the next few weeks. God's not just building a church family. He's building, and I just blew it, family. He's building a family. He's actually building a, his body is the family of God. In Romans 8, 14 through 17, is an example, uh, with Paul expressing that. Okay, it may not have gave it to him, and that's okay. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you do not, have, you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by which you, by whom... We can cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bared witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, then heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also glory together. So he's building a family. With God's Spirit, we can call him Father. And like a father, he's definitely, we are also going to be like a father, he's going to help us out, and a loving father does, like my dad's doing right now. And he will also call them, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're going to have big responsibilities one day. It says, in, in, in this one we all know, it's, always, it's probably going to be read about 50 times at the Feast of Tabernacles, but it's in Revelation 20, verse 6. Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he who, is, who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him a thousand years. So God has a bigger plan for us than just today. We will reign with him. And by using our gifts today, we can, he can, it'll actually help us when we start to help other people in the kingdom to try to correct 
the problems that are going on in the world. As I said, I can't listen to my radio half the time. Luckily, they throw commercials in half the time, and I don't really care to listen to the radio anymore. But we will be able to, beyond this life, not just help the church, but we'll also be able to help the world when God enhances our talents even more in the kingdom of God. So just to basically summarize, the purpose of spiritual gifts, it is that we, first of all, we have them. He says, like I say, in 1 Peter 4, 10, we all have them, and we're to serve each other. It's to be the edification of the body of Christ. He's building a family. And as the holy days are going to show us, there's even a bigger purpose that eventually we'll be able to use these talents or whatever talents God gives us in time to go ahead and help the world. It will be more than just, we'll be a lot more than we think. Let's put it that way. 